This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in and scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. We're talking basketball because basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. If you're not here for like Mike references, honestly, folks, I don't know what you're here for. Uh, But that's right. We're talking basketball. We're going to talk what we've learned about this Colorado State men's basketball team through 10 games. I think it was to be expected. I mean, if you read my preseason content, I basically wrote that this team was going to have some significant highs, some significant lows just due to their inexperience, due to how many uh, moving parts there were in the offseason, how many new bodies there were uh, in Moby Arena, but their ceiling is very high. I still certainly feel that's the case. I still feel like this team is going to outplay expectations around the league. So looking forward to talking about that. Also, really looking forward to talking about uh, a couple of guys in particular uh, that have really impressed me on this CSU team so far this season. Also, we are going to preview the Boise State game a little bit. I know that's Saturday afternoon, so some of you, by the time you're listening to this, that game uh, may already be taking place or have already uh, happened altogether, but that's why we're going to do that in the second half so you can still listen to 
uh, this first half, which is going to be kind of the meat of the podcast, which is breaking down just, you know, what we've learned about the CSU team through the first third of the season, basically. It's amazing how time is flying. Uh, Before we jump into this, though, I did want to briefly talk about two things. And one, I wanted to uh, just say very, very sorry that CSU volleyball was not able to beat South Carolina. Definitely disappointing to see such a such an incredible season come to an end. It's really uh, it's becoming pretty predictable with CSU volleyball at this point. They kind of just thrash the Mountain West, which is a league that you know quite frankly doesn't invest in volleyball. CSU really, you know, they just dominate a terrible league and. Unfortunately, their postseason track record has not been great over the years. I still think it was total crap that they weren't able to host. I think, I'm not saying it would have necessarily been the difference in the match, but I do think that they would have had some extra juice if they got to play a match or two in front of their home fans. Uh, you know, this system, the the RPI system, I think is a flawed. I understand that any system is going to be imperfect and you know, right now you basically have the numbers and the Mountain West isn't good. So they they really factor that in and I get it. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying that that is unfair, but from CSU's perspective, it just, it's really unfortunate because Fort Collins is one of the few communities in America that legitimately supports volleyball and would have shown up in numbers. I think the students would have even shown up for this. Uh, there was just really a, a soft spot in everybody's hearts for this CSU volleyball team in the community, so everyone was disappointed to see their season come to an end. Doesn't change what they did. I mean, to win, to they basically won out the entire season. I mean, to do what they did was just tr- truly incredible. So congratulations to them, to the to the seniors that are, will be moving on. It's unfortunate, but this is a pretty, uh, pretty young program, and they're going to be all right, so... Along with that, I wanted to talk just briefly about Becky Hammond. <laughs> According to a couple of different reports now, uh, she might be interested in the open New York Knicks head coaching position if she could get a multi-year deal for this. And honestly, I'm really, I'm really, really conflicted on this for a couple of reasons. And the first is that I would love nothing more than to see Becky Hammond be a head coach in the NBA. I think she absolutely deserves it. She's, I mean, she's proven that she can handle this kind of role. Players respect her. She's revered around the league as a whole. I just think she's going to be a dynamite hire uh, whenever she ultimately is named a head coach somewhere. That said... I do not want it to be New York. I don't want her to go to the dumpster fire of an organization that is the New York Knicks. It's it's a train wreck. Dolan is, quite frankly, he might be the worst owner in all of pro sports. He is an absolute moron. And I do not want to see Becky Hammond end up in a horrible situation where she's going to be doomed from the start. They Their front office is a disaster, and they've been incompetent for a decade. And I just don't want that for Becky. I think she deserves better than that. I would love to see her hold out for the Spurs gig because I think it's a perfect organization for her. I think the stability that Pop has established would just be a great situation to walk in. You don't have to go 
uh, into a media circus every day like you would in New York. You don't have to deal with absurd just I don't know I guess expectations that you're going to turn things around immediately despite the fact that the Knicks have no proven track record that they can do this that they are capable of doing this so you know I get it Madison Square Garden uh, probably the basketball mecca in terms of the NBA I mean the the greatest uh, basketball venue it's I mean it's the dream you know playing in New York City coaching in New York City would be amazing if she succeeded there it would be truly incredible I just I don't believe that Dolan will put her in a position to succeed so for her sake I hope I really hope she doesn't end up with the New York Knicks that's just my take if you disagree to go ahead and tweet at us let us know why comment on this podcast let us know why but that's how I feel and I feel very strongly about it but uh, let's let's jump into <laughs> some CSU hoops talk now. Uh, we're now like almost seven minutes in, and we have not gotten to the main point of the podcast, which is CSU men's basketball and how they performed over the first 10 games. Uh, like I said, I, it's basically what we expected, currently scoring 72 points per game, uh, which is 2.8 points less than last year. Uh, but the thing that's encouraging is They're giving up 70.8 points per game compared to last year where they gave up 75.2. Small sample size, obviously, have much of the season to go, but improving defensively was obviously the biggest goal for CSU in the offseason. Nico Medved has talked about it at length, and to an extent, I think it's probably why CSU has not been a great jump-shooting team, at least out of the gate they just really didn't work on it all that much. I mean, they spent the entire offseason working on defense because if you just watched last season, it was so inconsistent. And a lot of it came down to effort. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of those players are gone now. But it, it needed to improve. And it was it was good that they put in that work. And we're seeing the benefits already in this early portion of the season. Needed to be consistent. I don't really think we've seen this CSU team really hit their stride yet uh the the nice little three-game winning streak with uh, utah valley and the two games in the cayman island classic where they were nice and you know like i said those were kind of like the little bumps you're gonna see with a team that has as much talent as the csu men's hoop squad does but you know then there's like the last eight minutes of the san diego state game and you're like oh god what was that and they just get absolutely overwhelmed I will say this. The Aztecs are a NCAA tournament team this year. They they could honestly they could really win the league. I mean, Utah State, I still think, is probably the most talented team. I just love Sam Merrill, man. That guy, he is a beast. I think he has a good shot to be a quality NBA player, but I love what he's doing at Utah State. The thing about Utah State, though, is they've just played an absolutely garbage schedule so far. Uh, according to College Basketball Reference, which if you don't use that website and you're a Hoops fan, you're nuts because there's just so much great insight. So many of the uh, advanced analytics and stats and stuff that I reference on here, I get through them. Love College Basketball Reference, but according to them, uh, they have a SOS ranking, which basically rates everybody's strength of schedule. According to this, the average is zero. So CSU has an SOS rating of 3.65, so 
you know, pretty significantly above average. This makes sense. They rank 70th out of 353 teams in a SOS. Uh, Boise State ranks 21st in this category. Really tough schedule for the Broncos so far and apparently throughout this season. San Jose State, 42nd, which is unfortunate given uh, the state of their program. But kudos to them for playing a tough schedule. Nevada, 44th. Fresno State, 66th. CSU, 70th. Uh, SDSU, 99th. UNM, 73rd. Excuse me, should have missed them in there. Uh, Wyo, 138th. UNLV, 169th. Air Force, 212th. Utah State, 266th. Not a not a not an impressive schedule. 266 out of 353 with a minus 2.84 SOS ranking. What that tells us is Boise State, uh, Fresno State, CSU, they have played tough schedules thus far. Utah State playing a cakewalk so far. So I still think the Aggies are gonna be good. We haven't really seen Kata yet. Um I don't really I just I don't know. I just I think San Diego State's going to contend with them down the down the stretch. I also think this Boise State team is going to contend with them. You know, New Mexico beat Boise State the other night, 80 to 78 in the pit. Great game, really competitive. All of these teams near the top are going to have a chance. Uh, you, you probably shouldn't doubt Nevada under Alfred. They're still pretty talented despite what they lost. I still think CSU is going to be much better than a lot of people thought. But you know, this is a a talented league. And I just thought some of these SOS ratings were were interesting for from CSU's perspective. The fact that they've gone, you know, six and four with a playing a pretty decent schedule, and they they really could have been eight and two. That's encouraging. I mean, it, it would have been nice if they wouldn't have collapsed against Arkansas State. That was obviously really disappointing. If you could have stole a road win over New Mexico State, that would have been great. That obviously would have changed the schedule that they would have played in the Cayman Island Classic, so, so you never know how it would have played out over those next two days. But, you know, all in all, pretty encouraging. Two of the people that have really impressed me this year are the sophomores, Adam Thistlewood, Kendall Moore. These are two guys who, coming into the season, we kind of we kind of thought, you know, they would take that next step. They got to play significant minutes. These are both guys that played 30-plus minutes per game as true freshmen. I think both of them really got kind of worn out by the end of the season. You saw them be a little bit less effective, but both of them are guys that spent the entire offseason really just working on their bodies, getting in the weight room, trying to get bigger, trying to get stronger, working with Jason Phillips and some of these guys on just you know getting beefier. It's really obvious with Thistlewood. I think Kendall's put on some muscle as well, but you can really see it with Thistlewood. And the thing about Thistlewood, man, he's quietly – been like the most effective player on CSU's team. When you look at the advanced analytics, Thistlewood is just killing it. Just killing it. Leads the team in BPM, which is a box score estimate of points per possession a player contributes over a league average player. Uh, so, you know, like over 100 possessions. Adam Thistlewood is gonna is, has been contributing five points more than an, than an average Mountain West player. This leads CSU. Second is Kendall Moore at three point eight. Uh, Adam Thistlewood has an amazing turnover percentage, eight point nine, by far the lowest on the team. Nobody else is even under uh, double digits. Most people are twenty plus percent. So Thistlewood, he's 
he's killing it. He has the best effective shooting percentage on the team, best true shooting percentage on the team. Everything Thistlewood does is just fundamentally sound. When you watch him on the court, he never stops moving. He never stops cutting. He's setting a screen. He's crashing the boards for an offensive rebound. He's trying to get to the corner to, to sneak away and pop a three. He just plays the game the right way. I can't say enough about this kid. I love him. And Kendall Moore is just the same deal. I mean, he plays with all energy all the time. Still needs to improve as a jump shooter, and he has looked better this year. You can tell he's put in a little bit of work uh, individually. Like I said earlier, the as a team, the goal this past offseason was to improve defensively. These guys are obviously all working on things individually. But what I've really liked out of Kendall has just been his defensive intensity, uh, really been aggressive, looking to get steals, looking to push pace and, and create scoring opportunities in transition. When you're a player of his size, that's what you have to do, but it also just really helps the CSU team that hasn't been phenomenal in the half court. They haven't been uh, tremendous jump shooting teams yet. So if they can get out and run, create easy layups, uh, create two-on-ones where you get wide open jump shots, stuff like that, that's how you win. And that's how you push the pace. That's how you really disrupt an opponent. And I've just really loved what I've seen out of Adam Thistlewood and Kendall Moore this far. Uh, plenty of other guys have done well. I think we've seen Nico Carvacho play well this season. I'm not sure he's quite lived up to some of the incredibly high standards that some of the people had for him coming in, but I still think uh, we the best has yet to come for him this season. Uh, Chris Martin's been a little bit inconsistent offensively, but he plays really hard. Uh, he's a guy who, even when he isn't scoring, he does the little things, and I really appreciate that about him. Always plays quality defense. I think he's a good passer. Uh, I would like to see him attack the rim a little bit more. I think he can actually... I get to the rim as well as anybody on this roster. But overall, I'm, I'm very intrigued by what we've seen out of this team so far. I uh, got a tough test with Boise State today on Saturday, or depending on when you listen to this podcast, could have been yesterday, but I'm recording Saturday morning, and we're going to talk about this Boise State game now. Uh, but first, we're going to take a hot second and acknowledge our partners. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 right here in Breckenridge, Colorado. Right now, Breckenridge Brewery is the Davidson's Beer and Wine Spirits Brewery of the Month. With that, you can download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. That's an incredible deal. Christmas ale, vanilla porter, oatmeal stout, whatever you're looking for, download that app and you can get a six-pack for $7.99 all month long. We love Breckenridge. As you, if you follow our posts on social media, we drink it at all our DNVR functions. Highly recommend it. They make nothing but quality products. They have been a part of this community, community for two-plus decades. Breckenridge, the only beer you should be drinking this holiday season. Alrighty, we're not going to go quite as long on this portion of the podcast, already about 20 minutes in, but I wanted to briefly preview this Boise State CSU men's basketball game because it's a really big matchup. Not going to go too long because there's obviously a college football conference championship Saturday, all kinds of amazing games, Georgia LSU, really looking forward to that one, Oklahoma Baylor uh, had the Pac-12 championship Friday night. Utah 
really blew it. They dropped an egg, but selfishly, selfishly, I was okay with that. Before the season, I bet on Oklahoma to win the national championship. wasn't even super confident in it. I just got really good odds. Uh, it wasn't nothing crazy. It was a $10 bet, but, you know, could pay out a couple hundred bucks. I could always use that around the Christmas season, uh, the holiday season, excuse me. But let's talk about CSU men's basketball, Boise State. Uh, this is a deceptively difficult game. As I said, Boise State 4-3, and three, but they've played a really hard schedule, uh, top 25 schedule in the country, according to college basketball reference. Uh, just glancing at it, their key win, uh, probably BYU, who they beat in overtime uh, a couple weeks back. BYU is currently 6-4 and four with wins over Virginia Tech, uh, Houston, and a 15-point win over UCLA. So that was a nice win for Boise State. Uh, key loss, probably UC Irvine, who beat them 69-60 to at home. Look, UC Irvine is a quality mid-major team, a team who uh, consistently makes the, the tournament, but... They're not, they're not great this year. They did hang with TCU, and they beat San Diego uh, on the road. CU beat that UC Irvine team, Irvine, excuse me, UC Irvine. It's really a tongue twister. By 16, so to, to lose by, to, by 9 at home, not ideal, but also not the end of the world. Uh, this Boise State team, who is very, very gifted offensively, they score 81.9 points per game currently allowing 72.4 which is not awful but not great I'm sure they would like to improve defensively a little bit when you look at this Boise State team uh, two people really jump out and that's junior guard Derek Alston who's playing like an all-league player currently Uh, he is currently scoring 21.6 points per game grabbing 5.7 rebounds and dishing out three assists Alston's a guy who really came on strong at the end of his sophomore season last year. I talked about him a lot coming into the season as a, a breakout player in the Mountain West. He's a not a great shooter, but a decent three-point shooter. Uh, has great length, is, is a great athlete, can get to the rim fairly easily. And then senior guard Justinian Jessup, who's been a four-year contributor, I think a three-year starter for the Broncos, 16.1 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 2.4 assists. This is just a guy who, you know, honestly, it's it should sting a little bit that he's not a Ram, Longmont native, uh, right in CSU's backyard. Could have had him, but Larry Eustacey, uh did not do a good job of recruiting him. So he ended up heading to Boise, where he has been a thorn in CSU's side ever since. Jessup's a... He's just a great college basketball player. He's a dude who's put on a ton of muscle in his four years. Uh, really, really impressive, the, the work that he's done, to be honest, in the weight room. But a, a good shooter. He's a bulldog on the defensive effort. Uh, just a guy who, who plays really hard at all times. I mean, and, you know, that's really just the only way to describe it. Along with Alston and Jessup, Roderick Williams, Alex Hobbs, both playing really, really uh, well to boot both of those guys currently scoring in double digit figures you know as I said this is a Boise State team that can really score the basketball Uh, the thing that impresses me the most when I look into some of their figures they've only turned the basketball over 81 times all season that's the 16th best figure in the country so you know not only are they shooting and scoring efficiently they're 
doing a great job of valuing their possessions, protecting the basketball. Uh, that's that's definitely been a problem for CSU this season. And, you know, it, it's not shocking. They're a young team. They they sometimes just get a little excited, and you see them trying to do a little bit too much. Sometimes it's sloppiness or, or failure to pay attention to the d- little details. But overall, I would just like to see CSU kind of emulate the way that Boise State really, really uh, protects possession and, and doesn't turn over the basketball. They're a team that makes you work for it. As I said, they're not great defensively, but they're good enough in the fact that they don't give you uh, extra opportunities. They're they're decent rebounding team, and they just they they control the basketball. They control the pace of the game, and it's it's hard to go against. So this is going to be a really really tough road test for this CSU team. If they're ev- even able to to compete well, I think that will be encouraging for just the rest of the season. I know that sounds uh, kind of discouraging because I'm basically leading it up to saying. I think CSU will lose to Boise State today, but my point is, is this Boise State team is very, very talented. Uh, this was just a tough draw. The fact that CSU got San Diego State and Boise State as their two December conference games in this wonky 2019-20 schedule with the tournament being moved up a week, uh, you know, it's just tough luck. As as Medved said, it's it's the case for everyone in the league. Everybody had to play two conference games this week. So it's not it's not like the the issue is unique to CSU. It's not like they can really complain about it, but they gotta go out and they gotta compete hard against a Boise State team that pretty much uses a seven to eight man rotation. They have eleven guys that have played, but it's really a a seven man rotation with an occasional eighth. Alston and Jessup are definitely the heart of this team. They're both playing over thirty five minutes a game. Jessup's playing thirty seven minutes a game. Uh, really crazy, not sustainable. Uh, both of those guys, if if you can get them in foul trouble, it could it really you know help CSU just from the fact that they're they're everything that Boise State does offensively and defensively runs through Alston and Jessup. Uh, if you if you get them off the floor, it's it's just going to give you a better chance to win. Ultimately, this is a game where CSU is going to have to protect the basketball. As I said, Boise State doesn't turn the basketball over, so you don't want to give them extra opportunities because they're not going to give it back. Got to defend the three-point shot. Uh, Boise hasn't been a, a killer three-point shooting team, but Alston and Jessup uh, both can light it up if you if they get going, and they're both streaky guys, guys that like to start putting shots up in numbers once they start finding the bottom of the net. Definitely need to be aware of that. Ultimately, uh, this is probably going to be a road loss for CSU. It's It's just a tough environment to go into this early in the season. As I said, I think this Boise State team will finish in the top three in the Mountain West, but I would love to be wrong, and if CSU goes and gets a road upset, I think it would be huge, especially with the games that they have coming up. You just want to kind of keep confidence up. This is a team that I don't think they'll get too down on themselves if they lose two games in a row, but it would be good for confidence just going into next week because you got Boulder coming into town, and this is a CU team that is very, very good, so... Excited to talk college basketball. Excited to continue talking about the CSU coaching search over the next couple of days. I'll have an article that comes out just kind of giving my opinion on the Mike Bobo uh, era as a whole. That should drop this weekend. Also going to have a piece talking about potential uh, assistants and just some of the players that really thrived this year. It was a disappointing 4-8 season, but... 
a lot of talent on that team, a lot of players that performed well and, and gave CSU fans reasons to be optimistic for the future, assuming that they can keep those guys. Uh, Caleb Blake, freshman safety, did announce yesterday that he intends to transfer. He is the first guy that I've seen publicly. Uh, Max McDonald will forego his last year of eligibility and transfer as well. We'll see. Uh, I don't expect like a mass exodus, but it, it wouldn't be shocking if if there is a decent amount of turnover, just given how the the college football system works now and how you can play in four games and and still keep eligibility for that season. So, not to mention, I just imagine a lot of guys would get a waiver if they wanted to with the with the coaching change. So, will be interesting to monitor. Uh, Caleb Blake, a great athlete. Certainly wish him well moving forward. I didn't get to interact with him a whole lot, but I've heard good things about him. Heard he was a, a respectful and nice young man, certainly very talented. So we wish him well moving forward. We wish Max well as well. Fort Collins kid, guy who bleeds green and gold and will bleed green and gold his whole life. I uh, hope he gets an opportunity to play somewhere and, and receive some significant playing time if he chooses to. Uh, could ultimately just choose to stop playing football altogether. We will see. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoys uh, college football Saturday, watches all these awesome conference championship games, and then some evening hoops. Sounds like a perfect way to spend your Saturday, if you ask me. Uh, That said, everyone, have a great day. Peace and much love. Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like not from